You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Always Aggravated, a Mike Valenti signature podcast. All right, this week on Always Aggravated, the post-holiday edition week of football. We've got a lot to cover. Uh, we, I think, have settled the mystery of the best time for football games to start. And then we talked to CBS czar of fantasy football, Dave Richard, and ripped through all the questions from what week one of fantasy football and the NFL should be about. It's all next on Always Aggravated. All right, so we come to you the day after Labor Day, a big week, football, and I know for some of you, real football, in the air, the National Football League. But we got to look back before we look forward. The real last holiday weekend until Thanksgiving. Oh. Oh. Hello. Uh, Roberto. That's a long time. It is. It is. (laughs) It is. It is. Um, But it it also is a special weekend because college football comes back in earnest. I know. I watched a ton of it. I mean, I would assume everybody in this room but Roberto watched a ton. Although I have heard you did watch MSU's home opener Friday. Yes, and some of uh, oh and the Michigan game. Oh a bit my! Too. Who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> but, but before as we, much as I could stand. Yeah, I was going to say that. How hard was that for you to watch actual sports? <laughs> yeah, I know it was, it was so hard. You know, I was seeing all these promos. You know, I'd, and then I could only switch back and forth. Uh, you know, comedians and cars getting coffee or something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Now, before we get into the kickoff time, well, maybe we start with the kickoff time because it's, it's, I used to love night games. I used to love them, both as a guy who had season tickets and then now somebody who watches games. I got to tell you something. Am I turning into get off my lawn guy because I'm tired of night games? These games take too fucking long. It's too much. Like, I'm sitting there, and by halftime at the MSU game, fatigue was starting to set in. I mean, you work Friday. It's a full day. Mm-hmm. I'm up early. I'm not like Roberto. I don't sleep in till nine or nine thirty. I mean, I'm I'm up at six forty five. I got to be honest with you, fellas. I mean, it was by halftime. I'm going. All right, can we get this? Can we get this moving a little bit? I was tired when state ended. I I did the best I could, and I stayed up because I really wanted to watch Purdue and Nevada, mm. mainly because I gave people on our other podcast cash the ticket. Nevada was my favorite play of the week plus eleven outright winner. Um, but I wanted to watch it. Guys, i got to be honest. I mean, I was fading in and out of consciousness by the third <laughs> quarter of, of the Purdue game. Like, where are we at with this? Because I know noon is too early. Yes. 
And nighttime is just, it's too much. I think I'm settling in on what maybe I've always believed, which is 3.30 is that perfect yeah. kickoff time. I can do things during the day. I can do things at night. My game is right in the middle. It's perfect. I, it, it, am I turning into an old man here? Well, I think it, it's such a long day for one, as you mentioned. You're up early. But then, two, the TV timeouts. The TV timeouts for oh, these primetime games are disgusting. no, they are even longer timeouts than the three thirty or the noon games. So you're watching these night games, and it just seems to take forever. It's well, I mean, David, go ahead. You were about to say something. Well, I was going to say you have to think how bad is it for those watching at home versus those that are at the game. You have no idea because the night game is bad at home when you're watching it, but it has to be worse. Right. When you're there. Well, the best part, like when you're watching a game and like, let's say, like MSU this week, I mean, for our non-local audience, I went to Michigan State. Dude, their game was terrible. It was boring. It was long. It was vanilla. You know what was great about that game ending? I turned the channel. We went right to Purdue. We mm-hmm. went right to other things, had some people over the house. If you're at the game, it would take you 15, 20 minutes to get back to your tailgate. At a minimum, if you decide to pack up right there, it's going to take you 30, 40 minutes mm-hmm. to get to the highway, mm-hmm. and then you're dealing with another hour and 10 minutes to just get home. Oh, Dave, you have no idea. Now, there were some of the greatest games in Spartan history I was lucky enough to be at with my tickets. David, even those games where you know Michigan State runs the fake field goal, Little Giants against Notre mm-hmm. Dame, Adrenaline Deluxe, Rocket, the Hail Mary against Wisconsin, Okay, these night games, even the game against Oregon in 15. You know, last play of the game. Mm-hmm. David, the emotion wears off, and it's still, holy shit, man. Yeah. We are not getting home for a long time. Whoa. Dave, there have been times I've gotten home, and it's been, you know, 2 a.m. See, see, that's the thing, because if you're at home, like you just said, Sully, the TV timeouts, if you're at home, the game's on ABC or even Fox, TV timeout at home, you can flip over to the other channel. Go to the bathroom. Exactly. Make a drink. Yeah. You know what I did this week, and I said this, I watched the game Friday night. Socially, and I watched the game Saturday morning professionally, meaning <laughs> Friday night. I'll tell you this I started the game just sitting. I, it was very nice. They went down the field. They get up 7 nothing. For those who don't realize, yep. MSU had like the worst offense in America last year. By mid second quarter, I'd gotten to a point of frustration <laughs> with the offense. I, I, I made a, a three shot margarita, and then I made another one in the middle of the third quarter. <laughs> And then I ripped a shot in the fourth quarter because I was so, I was just wow. starting to get angry. It was getting worse and worse. Right. They'll do that to you. Now that was it. Then I went outside and, and relaxed after the game for a little bit. We had the Roku set up outside. We watched some of Purdue. Mm-hmm. I had a cigar. I relaxed with friends. And yes, you know, drank water the remainder of the evening. I didn't want to get too tuned up here. I had stuff to do Saturday. But I'm telling well, you. Well, especially because it had been such a while where you wanted to watch this offense and watch mm-hmm. him just come out strong. Hey, let's have yeah. a really good first game. Yeah. And then I think it's a mix, though, because they do come out and play well. So you're like, hey, maybe this, maybe this is really good. And then it just is back Waiting to the Waiting all offseason for MSU's offense and then seeing the reality is what I imagine in the movies is like when the guy walks in on his wife getting pounded by the mailman. Oh. Like it was just, I probably had a look on my face of just like... Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, and, like, I don't want to go into the weeds with it. We'll do it on no. the regular show. But, like, I know they're banged up in the offensive line. It's just, oh, my God. But the point is, at commercial breaks, compare being at home, getting up off the couch, yes. getting a picky, mm-hmm. getting up off the couch. You know what? I'm a little stressed right now. Mm-hmm. Three-shot margarita. 
which is the appropriate way to make a margarita. Who the hell uses one shot? That's not how you do it. You don't taste the tequila. But I digress. The point is, David, even like, you know what? I got to pee. Now, I'm not about to explode. Right. But I know I'm not comfortable. I have to pee. I'm going to make the choice to go take a pee-pee. Mm-hmm. You don't at like the, going, excuse me, oh, but excuse no, but, me. But the reason yeah. I'm saying it, at the stadium, <laughs> yeah. at the stadium, you hold it until your balls oh, are yes. about yeah. to explode. Oh, yes. You hold it to the point of stomach pain. Oh. Because you know when you get up, you're not coming back for a while. Mm-hmm. You you know that you 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 kiss your wife goodbye and you tell her if I don't return in twenty in, in twenty thirty minutes it's been great knowing you, it's it's a nightmare and you have to time your piss at the game. Mm-hmm. You think you're going at halftime? <laughs> oh no, you're not. Because <laughs> everyone else because you'll miss half the third quarter. Right. So then you're in the mix of waiting until the commercial break. And what Roberto said is the truth. It's like people get angry. Like if you're the same person and you've gotten up two three times. <laughs> Nah, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. Like if you got to allow every person to get up once. You get one shot, one time. I'll even give you two. Yeah, but people don't. They they, they don't want to excuse me. Now what about this? Now the big thing with like concert goers is a big thing with like do you I'm the type of guy that I'd rather just get out of there than see the encore. If there's like three songs left in I'm the concert, I I'll just leave. And they're so some people are so against that they get so mad and say, "Why would you do that? You missed the best thing," or blah blah blah. Because I don't want to sit in a parking garage for three hours. I think if you're paying for the game, you stay for the game. We well, we used to have a 35 point mercy rule. Not that MSU can score 35 points anymore, but we used to have a mercy rule. We get up by five touchdowns. It's a non premium game. We're going back to tailgate. We'll relax. Mm-hmm. We'll hang out. But there's no getting out of this. I can't speak to concerts. I don't like concerts. But like, see, but I have that theory that Roberto has in sporting events, and I might be get off my lawn guy. I haven't stayed for an entire game. Really? <laughs> I think the first time was on my vacation that I recently got back Too from. Much. I went to a game, and we stayed. And my wife looked at me. She said, "Wow, I haven't stayed all through the fourth quarter in a." And forever. They got games in the Dominican? <laughs> I wasn't in the Dominican. Don't bullshit me. You went to a beach. I did not go to a beach. I wish I did. You look heavily bronze. I might go soon, though, because That's of the hurricane. That, cheap, okay. cheap prices. Oh, but, um, God. <laughs> but, yeah, I stayed through the fourth quarter. I was like, wow. You know what? It's been years since I did it because I just don't do it anymore. I want to beat the crowd. The best, yeah. better infrastructure for that yeah. because you can go to a movie and never have to worry about that mm-hmm. because it's... I know that it's way less people, but they have the doors set up. Everything's very strategic that way. That you don't have to leave ten minutes before the movie ends. They don't have it set up at games like that. See, the noon no. is a problem because then you're getting in the morning. Yeah, and then your whole day is taken because yeah, you get out at three thirty. But if you live, you know, again, I'm not talking about people who live five minutes from the state. I'm talking if you live in Grand Rapids or Detroit, you know, or, or whatever college town. None of these college towns are close to anything. Right. You're still not getting home to five six o'clock. So, like, to me, 3.30 is the best because I'll get my morning, I'll get to do stuff, and then I make the rest of my day that, but I'm still getting home at bedtime. The night games, it's it's even tough now. I finished watching that Purdue game in bed. I was streaming it. I was done. I was cashed. My well, wife was asleep. I go, well, I got to see this. And well, good for you because I fell asleep in the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, it was funny. It was just one of those things. You kind of get locked into it. Uh-huh. You're like, wow, look at this. Nevada's coming back. Holy shit. They may have a shot to win it. Yep. What's 10 more minutes? I didn't get to sleep till one thirty in the morning. I mean, I'm an adult. I can't do that shit no more. Oof. But our, I mean, Sully, we're, you're a partier, yeah. though. 
The night game still works for you? Well, and that's the thing, though. You can't really, if your team's playing on Saturday night, you can't go out at all because you're watching football, which sucks. But overall, the only time I like night games is I do think there's there's something to be said about the game of the week. The primetime night game of the week when it was, you know, growing up when it was Musburger and Herbstreet, or now it's Fowler and Herbstreet, whatever, like last night with, with Notre Dame and, and Louisville, you know? Can I ask a question? That primetime game is still cool to me. Does it make me a bad person that I don't like Chris Fowler? No, I don't think so. Like, Chris Fowler hasn't done anything <laughs> wrong to no. me. I don't particularly like Chris Fowler. I don't know, maybe it's the tennis thing that I kind of view him as snobby, yeah. but maybe that's me and not him. <laughs> but I loved Uncle Brent. Despite all the gambling references and oh, him great. creeping on opposing <laughs> yeah, right. players' girlfriends. Yeah. Those or, but bottom line, I, I don't like Chris Fowler, and it's really making me not like that broadcast. Now, yeah. help me. Does that... He yells. I noticed last night watching Notre Dame, he, he yells too much, too. Yep. Every play is the uh, biggest play, you know, but... It's brutal. I, I just... I'm more meant of the just that primetime game where, yeah, Michigan State playing on Friday night is just stupid, but the game Saturday night where you have Herb Street yeah. or Musburger or Trico or Fowler now, whatever. Look what they're doing to me this Saturday. Michigan State, Western Michigan at 7.30 at night? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just dumb. What, are you kidding me? Yeah. That shouldn't be Come on. I, I just, I, I don't know. I think 3.30 is where it's at. I've, you know why? I've always loved it, whether you're watching it on TV or you're yeah. there live. You get half day game, sure. Half night game, yep. Second half, because in the fall, and it you know half time yep. is right around five p.m. Yep. The sun goes down, the lights come up. All totally. of a sudden, you go, "Oh my god, whoa, we got something going on here." Totally. It's from start I, to finish. I always, game. I always loved it too. Is like some of the biggest games is when the first half you watch the highlights and the sun is out, and you're like, "Wow, this is great!" And then, and all of a sudden, it's the same game, <laughs> right? And they're playing at night. Yeah, it's I I love 330 is where it's at, but it's hard now. These TV networks are demanding night games and I'm I'm done. So do you hate noon games, though? Hmm. Because sorry, I'm sipping on a little broth here because my throat is killing me. Um, And I'm going to follow up with saying something as well. And in my opinion on this, it bugs me because your game is done early in the day. And you've had no chance to soak up any of the football jus from around the country. So it's like it's it's kind of dry bread. When your game's mm. at 3.30, you get the noon ones, and you start soaking up all that au jus. Yeah. Now, now your bun is moist for mm-hmm. 3.30. By 8 o'clock, you're delirious. 8 o'clock, it's not an issue of, oh, I just... I hate waiting for the game. No, it's, I don't know that I'm going to survive the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't... But you talk, I don't love like, them. Talk, At noon, you, it makes you feel like you're the junior varsity. You talked about the Bloody Mary bar, you know, some fun stuff mm. you can do with it. But yeah, I see. I love, and I know you're going to make fun of me for this, but I love. Why do you say that, Michael? Because I know your opinion on this program. <laughs> I'm about to reference, but it is my all-time favorite TV show and part of my childhood, which I still love and which I still do what, every what, Saturday. Grayson, I wake. I wake up on Saturday, and the one of the first thing, the first thing I do Saved is I flip on College Game Day. <laughs> And I just sit and watch okay. college game day. Ugh, and, and, but, awful. but something I love just watching college game day and then going right into a noon game. I still love love doing that every Saturday. Well, listen, college Ooh. game day is unwatchable. It's been years <laughs> since I watched that. No, I mean it's it's, it's unwatchable. Pageantry of it, I guess. No, I mean there are certain people on the show that are good. There are certain people that yes. are bad. I'm not going to go that deep into this. I don't think it's a good television show, and I'll tell you why. Beyond certain people not being qualified broadcasters or are terrible broadcasters. The point is, 
You don't learn anything. See, when I watch a show, I don't need you to tell me all the stuff I already know. Teach me a little. <coughs> Entertain me a little. I, I just, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I think it's played out. Now, mm -hmm. I think they're trying to do a little bit more of the infotainment. They are. But like... Chris Falica, the bear, really knowledgeable guy. Yes. They got him on a, a booger, a booger construction mobile, and they have him pick a few games. Yes. Don't mind it. Right. Um, I don't know what they're doing with Maria Taylor, where she's on a turf field yes, interviewing somebody for thirty seconds. You know, you're going to get the emotional piece well, of somebody dying or something tragic, and mm -hmm. they'll have Tom Rinaldi voice that. You know, I hate that. Right. Part of I, it, I would prefer a little bit more just fun. Gets, just gets me pumped for football. Seeing all the fans out there, they break, they show every game. You know, like no one's telling you not to watch it. I'm just yeah. saying when you're sitting there and you're listening to Corso and and Desmond and Herbie, they're not telling you anything. And Corso, I is, just think it's like wallpaper to have on while you're getting your stuff ready. It, no, and you're, dude, absolutely, just absolutely. just Mike, you don't need to dodge around it. Just yep. say it. Lee Corso got ill. He <laughs> yes. took a couple of strokes. Yes, he probably shouldn't be on he television on anymore. He and that's not being insensitive. This is a broadcast and communication business. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I feel for him because yes. he's embarrassing himself and yes. he's embarrassing a proud legacy where Lee Corso he, was a real showman yes. and an entertainer, and yes. now. Now you can see it's Herbie sad. trying to help him along. I just, to me, I, I, I'm not comfortable watching that angle of it because I feel like, all right, somebody's got to help him out now. You got, and that's and that's not fair to everybody else. To right. be quite honest with you, that's not fair for everybody else to have to slow the show down or right. have to correct what he's doing. Like, look, I get it, and I know there's a certain level of sensitivity, yes. but this is the biggest college football show in America. I just do wonder the wisdom here of how long are they going to go down the road with that? Yep. I think it. I think it to myself. Every He's week, not well. I talk to my friends about this. He just. They have tried to phase him out a little bit. He's not in as many segments as he once no. was. But I think that he, it's time that he should just be off the show. And I say that, like you said, he's a legend. He's done a lot of stuff with the program. I think what they should do. Do not have him live on the show. If they, I would be totally fine. If ESPN wants to do this, have him go record a two, three minute segment walking around campus every week and put on a headgear, you know, and have it pre have it pre recorded. Keep Can't, him in it that way. I like, don't him, do, I like him live where he drops f bombs. Don't do live. Well, <laughs> like no, the Chris you, Berman thing where he would do, do the two minute football thing. You could do every a week. pre recorded package segment. He yes. walks yeah. around campus, does some fun stuff, makes a headgear pick of the game that they're at, and leave it at that. Yeah. He shouldn't be doing the live breakdown. No, yep. and, and again, I, I think there has to be a middle ground here because I feel like people are afraid to talk about what's in front of their face here. Right. And it's like, look. Not everything is an ad hominem attack or disrespectful. We're, we're stating some facts here. I mean, you're asking me to watch this show, and i got to be honest. I'm uncomfortable as a viewer watching it when I see a man gravely struggling to produce sentences. Yes. I don't want to watch that. that. That's not good for me. And I think there's a middle ground between talking about it honestly and then making jokes about it. Mm -hmm. See, that, no. Right. That's wrong. Right. But... I, you know, you're gonna you're putting this man in a bad spot, and I think you're putting the crew in a bad spot. Yes. And for me, I look, call it what it is, man. It's part of the reason I don't want to watch it as much because it just it makes me feel sad. It makes me just feel bad for him, bad for the guys as broadcast professionals, and I just don't find it endearing in any way, shape, or form. In fact, it's it's sad.
You want to get away, relax, simply have a good time, get to the D Las Vegas. Everything you need, the D, completely renovated. You can enjoy all the comforts of a high-end Vegas hotel without spending a ton of money. All the gaming, all the nightlife, all the food, the fun, it's Vegas. And the best part, they got Circa Sports open now at their sister casino, Golden Gate, just in time for football season. Oh, oh, what Circa Sports? Download the mobile app. They're accepting entries into the Circa Sports Million Pro Football Contest. $1.5 million guarantee, no rake, 100% payback. It's all there. It's sports betting the way it used to be. You can learn more about Circa Sports at CircaSports.com. You can learn more about the D at the D.com. What else do you need? It's Vegas. It's football. My God, get involved. It's the D.com. It's the D Las Vegas. It's your home for sports in Vegas. The other thing is I just, I'm not a Desmond Howard guy. No, I was going to give an opinion. Roberto had interrupted me, though. But no, right. it was, it was uh, what my my original point was I was going to say, yeah, you know, Lee Corso, it's it's just simply time it's for time. him to go. And it's you're been saying, time. You're saying with Desmond, I mean, that's, I, hey, Desmond's a likable personality, I guess. His laugh, as you always point out. Is but, he? Because I find it ear-piercing. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Like, when did we when did we start giving jobs to a person whose laugh is good? Mm-hmm. This is the best college football show in the country, and I'll be honest with you. Desmond should be off the panel. David Pollock should be on. Yes, David Pollock's good. Because Pollock will criticize everyone. Pollock will be real about things, and then Pollock will yuck it up a little bit. Sure. I think I think Desmond Howard is a clown. There's nothing worse than a guy that just comes on and just laughs. That's all he does. No. That sucks. <laughs> I thought that's why we you don't want that. I thought that's how you got your job, Roberto. <laughs> yeah, coming from you, jeez. The difference is Roberto's though, you're not laugh. you you're not trying to offer strong that is, opinions. That's hilarious, though. I don't know, man. And Roberto, you're just a happy guy. You like to laugh. Oh yeah, yeah. Real laugh track real, before this pod. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> no, I just I don't think Desmond brings any value to the program. Hey. Tell me what he brings to the program. Tell me. How, from a value proposition a standpoint, no, 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 that's not value. The value is once you open your mouth. I'd make an argument, Corso, even in the tough physical state he's in now, brings more to the show with the headgear right. than Desmond does in the hour prior. What exactly does Desmond bring to the table? Tell me. Tell me. Is, is there any nuance? Is there any uh, information? Is there any opinions that aren't wholly Trolltastic. What does he bring to the table? If you want to say loud suits, okay, mm-hmm. that he definitely brings it. His blue pinstripe this week was something from outer space. But I'm being serious when I say it. Look, David Pollock brings value. Herb Street brings value. Reese Davis is a traffic cop, He's, and yeah. Corso yeah. is the laugh track bit. What is Desmond? What is he? Go ahead. For people who want to say I'm a hater, tell me what is he. No, he's a nobody's uh, got something for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to answer that question. Um, he's an analyst, and I think that he tries to be researched, and he try. I think I do think he tries to give opinion, but there's no doubt. Da- hey, there and something you're not saying. You joke with me about not well, saying. No, no, go ahead. There's no doubt that the bias shows through with Michigan. We oh, know, it, we know this, and, and I can deal with that if it's if it's just a, a, a small piece of what you bring to the table. Well, like, I don't them, care picking them to win the hey, national man, title every hey, year, and, and Desmond played for the team. That's fine. Right. I'm cool with that if it's only part of what you do. Yeah, it is the only thing he brings to the table. It is truly remarkable to me because again, I've given you my opinion. I think it's a comment on American sports fan 
it just shows you how dumb most people are that this is the program that they champion. If you actually look at game day over the years, it's gotten worse yes, it and has. worse and worse and worse. You know what game they started as? A studio show. Yes. And then it started to travel, but it was still informational plus fun. It has gotten to a point now, and part of it's the personnel. Call it what it is. Corso used to be fun and a bit insightful. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. They, they used to have people there who could do both. It is now something where it's ha-ha, happy horse bleep. It is absolute background noise. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're flying in Bo Jackson to make some picks. I, I don't know, man. For me, it's a free country. You know what I've started to do? I don't watch any of it. Mm-hmm. I have now given up. I mean, I saw the Desmond thing. Right. You know, and, and, and that made its waves, and I'm not even going to go revisit that because everyone is so damn sensitive. I mean, look, he made a comment. It's from a, a comedy skit on Chappelle's show. Right. I, I The one thing is this. I don't think Desmond Howard has malice. I don't know that Desmond Howard is smart enough to be edgy. I don't think Desmond is a good broadcaster. I don't think Desmond is witty. I just think Desmond is a laugh track. That's That's my opinion. I have a right to it. I think David Pollack is far more intelligent, far more insightful, and can have fun. I, I just think one guy B is a lot better than guy A. So what is the problem? Like, if I rank Pollock, Herb Street, Desmond, who's the worst of the bunch? It's not even close. No, and I've now that I think of it, I've never watched game day and watched a breakdown of a game and thought to myself, well, you know what, Desmond made some really good points. I, I can totally see what he said. There's says. nothing there. I think that... And I know, I know. How did we get stuck doing ten minutes on game? <laughs> no, I know you're going to say that this isn't a piece of criteria that should be used when you ask the question, "What is his purpose?" But I think that ESPN just views it as, "Oh, he's a personality. That's why he's on here." I don't. They can't view but it. But see, as, I take as, offense as to that. I take offense to that because look, I, I'm a personality. Now, look, you don't have to like me. Okay, some like me, some hate me, but you listen to me because. You know when I come on the air, I'm going to have things to say. You may hate them. You may like them. You may think they're smart. They're not. But the job of a personality is to be a personality. I think Desmond is a failure top to bottom at that. There is no personality. I don't know what these endearing qualities are. I don't know what he's bringing to that table to elevate that program. I don't see it. I don't hear it. I don't get it. And right in front of their face, there's a guy on staff who does it, and it's like, why not just make this switch? Or better yet, if you if you they want, have been more. He's been getting more segments, but yeah, g- good. Get rid of Desmond. He's terrible. He's terrible. You have a host of former athletes that are better than Desmond Howard within the ESPN mothership. Well, every former athlete gets a broadcasting job. Well, and, now, and, but... and, and you understand that a former athlete is going to sit in Desmond's chair. I just don't think Desmond's any good. Well, have you noticed too that he starts to he's been starting to do as the past couple of years like maxion games during the week, and he, yes. he's like a color commentator. It's, it's deplorable. No, I mean it's 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 deplorable. I th- I don't think they they put him and maybe that s- kind of speaks to the intelligent and insightful stuff that ESPN thinks of him because I've never seen him on anywhere near a big game. Well, you can. I've seen him on Matt games. He's and, not a broadcaster. And, and smaller games. Like Troy Aikman went to Europe to learn how to be a broadcaster. Troy Aikman worked years to get that shot. Guys work years if they want to be good at it. I mean, maybe that's Desmond trying to work at it. That's mm-hmm. fine. I will right. tell you this. Listening to him broadcast a game is a crime against broadcast. And I understand that the color analyst job is now turned into must-be former athlete to sit here. That's fine. But you better put in the work. And you yeah. better you have to have a certain level of quality because I'm sorry. It's just it's nowhere up to par to do that job on a major level. Nowhere. 
I'll tell you what, too, and I forget what game it was this weekend. Tell me if this might ring a bell for you. A guy I saw for the first time broadcast in a game, Shane Vereen, was on oh a game this God. week. I forget what, what college game I was watching. It was... Uh, He's awful young to have that gig, Shane, isn't he? But Shane Vereen was in the booth doing a game. Yeah. I think it was after... Patriot Giant running back? Yeah, it was after the UCLA or uh, after the UCLA Cincinnati game on Thursday. I forget which game it was, but yeah, he he's now doing games. Okay. I mean, wow. listen. Hey, listen. I have no issue. Guys want to give it a rip. Everyone's got a right to try. I'm just telling you as a fan, I don't have to like it. There are plenty of guys broadcasting games I don't like. I don't like Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. And Joe mm-hmm. Buck is universally hailed. Mm-hmm. All right? I'd rather listen to Hank Azaria and Brock Meyer than Joe Buck. <laughs> I'm me. I'm just telling you, game day has fallen way out of favor with me because I find Desmond intolerable, and I'm uncomfortable watching Lee Corso. That's how I feel. And I know you do like Herb Street, though, overall. I think Herbie's a class act. I think he does a good job. I wish he would be a little bit more opinionated, but I know why he plays the middle. Mm-hmm. I think Pollock is more opinionated, yep. does a nice job. I like Chris Falica providing the betting angle. And I think Reese Davis is as good as it gets. I really do. I think Reese Davis is the perfect traffic cop can bust chops a little bit. Yep. It's it's he's not annoying like and Mike he's Greenberg. Very, he's, very good. he's not annoying like Trey Wingo. I think Reese Davis is pretty damn likable, to be quite honest with you. It's they have a problem in that they're they're they've got two guys on that panel that just shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Period. You could give me Reese, Herbie, Pollock, Reese, Herbie, another player. Hell, put uh, Marcus Spears up there. Marcus Spears is on get up. Or Big Swagoo or whatever the hell they call him on set. <laughs> Marcus Spears can do all the college stuff. Good personality, kind of gregarious, but brings some thoughtful analysis and criticism to the table. Put Marcus Spears next to Desmond Howard and play those demo tapes. Yeah. See, to me, I just it just makes me feel like I'm getting shortchanged as a viewer. That's how I feel. I shouldn't be able to watch plenty of other guys at your network that are better than this guy on lesser shows. Game day should be... The legacy job. Yeah. That you work your whole career to get that gig. And if you're not good, you gone. Big power is at it again. Leaving people in the dark. How many were messing around with flashlights or candles during that last power outage? That's no good. It's a nightmare. Don't do it. Go solar. Power home solar. Makes it easy to switch to solar. Hooking you up with battery storage with your installation. So there's no more flashlights, no more candles, no more power outages. Own your power. Don't rent it. Power Home Solar, number one residential solar provider in the state. One of the top solar installation companies in the nation. They install American-made panels, 30-year warranty, so you can own your power, not just rent it from the power company. You want to see if solar's right for you? Go to PowerHome.com. That's PowerHome.com, or you can give them a call today, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Power Home Solar. You guys have gotten kind of quiet here. Am I uh, am I being too vitriolic? Like, no, am I, I, I've enjoyed this. I'm trying to be classy about it. I just I feel like I'm shortchanged as a viewer. And when you say legacy as well, I assume that Herb Street will have that job as long as he possibly wants. Absolutely, as he should. But he also ha- listen. Herb Street right now can go on the air by morning, talk about every game, add a few tidbits that are interesting, nothing crazy. Then he gets on a plane and he calls that uh, the national game at right. night. Right, mm-hmm. like. Hey, man, that's the guy's bringing something to the table. Herb Street's the face of college football. Yes. What the hell is Desmond Howard? Honestly. Like, it's it's just crazy to me. No, like, I, I've tried to give you my answer. I mean, it, I'll tell you who's great on ESPN, and I wish they'd give him more time. Ryan Clark, former Steeler, yeah. former Giant. He Ryan is really Clark good. is outstanding as a former player. Does yes. a nice job. Look, 
that's the thing is it's not hate if it's real. I think Desmond stinks. I think Dan Orlovsky stinks. I think Ryan Clark and I think Marcus Spears, good. Yes. That's another one that people herald and champion oh, uh, Orlovsky and how David, you see that stuff too. People think Orlovsky is fantastic on his breakdowns and whatnot. I don't see anything that's fantastic. But, but I'm reading this here though, like Desmond Howard is entering his fourteenth year as an yeah. analyst. So it's yeah. like and, and, and he's, he's getting that he's getting that tenure thing or Yeah, but like, he's yet to say know? something that, that is meaningful. Like that—that's my biggest thing. You don't have to attack people. I'm not saying they need to conduct themselves the way a, a like even our radio show does. You don't have to go on the air and right. say a guy sucks. You can just say straight up, this dude's not getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Hey, this team—they're not any good. They quit. You know, just give me something. His television honors include four sports Emmys as a college game day cast member. Wait, did he has he, Emmys? Did he win the Emmy or did the show? I'm sure the, the show, show did. did. But what you said, though, Mike, I, I, if you're watching the uh, Notre Dame-Louisville game last night, Herb Street, right out of the gate on the broadcast, said, he, he goes, he goes, yeah, you know what? It's very clear. Louisville, uh, they straight up quit last yep, season. 100%. And I was like, I, I kind of stepped back. I was like, usually Herb Street isn't that opinion, but I loved it. And he, and he criticized the play calling. Why isn't Notre Dame running the ball more? Yes. These passes are a waste of time. Yep. He also said it headed to the fourth quarter. You know what? Hey, 14-point game, but considering what Louisville looked like last year, yep. they're competing. They're in this, headed to the fourth. Like, I'm, I just, you don't hear Desmond say right. things. Yeah, I, he, I, he, made, I, he made a couple comments about Satterfield that were interesting, too, yeah, I thought. Yeah, no, Herb Street is very, very, very good. Um, Corso used to be funny. Unfortunately, his health has taken a turn for the worse. Pollock really needs a bigger role in the program. But I, listen, I didn't, I didn't plan on doing a big breakdown of this. <laughs> no, it's been um, great. But no, I mean... I've just I've gotten to a point I watch less and less and less, and some Saturdays I, I watch none. You know, I'll, I'll jam. not even as the background noise. No, because anything. I've background noise has become uh, uh, music. Okay. Wow. It really has. I'll be in the kitchen good and I'll cook, you. and me and Mel are getting things ready and good a little bit you. of music. Well, Roberto, I love music. He said, "Good for you." I just don't like it the way you like it. A lot of people don't do that anymore. It's good. Well, listen to music. Yeah. Why? What is that supposed to? Yeah. Be? What does the, that the TV's mean? TV's always on. Oh my God, I TV's feel like there should be. On. I feel like there should be like emotional music yeah. on right now. And I don't even like. I don't even like listening to music through the television. I can't even do that either. If I'm going to commit it's to it. It's not good quality for you. Right. right. I have a really nice, mm. well, I deem it to be really nice. Roberto would probably be like, oh, this is just. <laughs> I, can't, I can't listen to that. This is an awful speaker. But I have, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, well, you got to watch what you say around music snobs. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, that is no real audio file. No, I listen. respect. I I just don't like it coming through the t- little TV speaker. No, I have, a, I, I have a, I have one speaker, um, and I don't want to give a free plug, but I'll, I'll show it to you next time you stop by. But it, it, it is designed to fill uh, an entire home with sound. Uh, it is, it is not a little, uh, it's not a little lunchbox, if you know what I mean. Like a pill, like what are those called? Those little. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're not. Beats pill. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's, it's, it's not a pill. It's not an Alexa. It, it ain't any of that. All right. I think it's got it, power. I think it casts beautiful sound. The point is, that's what I listen to music on. I connect via Bluetooth, have my phone in the kitchen, we'll cook, get things ready for game day. Cool. Yeah, man. I ain't got no time for Desmond Howard's cackle <laughs> if I could be listening to uh, my tailgate playlist. Well, let me, you know what? I'm just going to say this, because I thought to myself this week, and you guys might completely disagree with me. A guy on TV I think is fantastic, hmm. who does give opinion, Urban Meyer. Yeah. I'm Did you guys you? watch him on Fox Sports? I I'm thought impressed Urban, so far. Urban was unbelievable on TV. He predicted mm-hmm. their first touchdown. <laughs> yeah. He basically told you what they were going to do, and then you start watching the game, they do it. No, I think Urban is good. 
but there's no way. And now JT Daniels blew his knee out at USC. Right. You know, yeah. they're not making a bowl game. Urban's going to USC. Yep. You'll never convince me he's going to be in that booth. TV-wise, though, he was good. He was very Better than Leonard and Reggie Bush. And, I, I, I'm going to tell you, there's, there's another duo I could do without. You could take both of them to HR and fire them both. Yeah. Reggie Bush and Matt Liner are awful. <laughs> Reggie Bush is bad. Off. They're both bad. Why is Matt Liner getting out? I'm just saying Reggie Bush is worse. <laughs> I'm telling you. They they act like it's the hardest thing in the world to get three or four human mm-hmm. beings on a panel and just talk sports and have some chemistry. But look at all the pregame shows. Terry Bradshaw stinks. Michael Strahan. Leave Terry alone. Stinks. Terry yeah. Bradshaw's great. Kurt Menefee. Stinks. I can't watch NFL. Pre- it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Fox pregame? Terrible. Not a CBS one? I like. I like Boomer. I think Boomer's really good. Mm-hmm. I think Nate Burleson has a real opportunity really in this business. Yes. Like, yep. I, it's not hate across the board. There are plenty of people I like. I'm just telling you, a lot of these shows blow. They're garbage. They're absolute garbage. Well, Sully, you brought up Urban Meyer. Is it wrong that I just couldn't listen to him anymore once I looked at his tie? Once that, once his tie wasn't right for me, I just couldn't listen. It is amazing how grown men can't have their yeah. necktie appropriate for television appearances. Like, come on, man. Tie the tie right. By the time you get to the Pac-12 network on standard definition, the guy, the guy, <laughs> guy's going open collar, cocktail in one hand. Yes. We're alive from Corvallis. <laughs> Goulet. Uh, he is the czar of fantasy football. He is one of the voices you hear on one of the most popular fantasy football pods out there, the Fantasy Football Today with CBS. He is Dave Richard. Dave, how are you, buddy? Mike, it's it's nice to finally talk with you. I know it's been a long time coming, and uh, we've been friends for a while, and now we get to actually talk on air, sort of, yeah, and help people help the people get their teams in order, and it's week one, and it's going to be a badass fantasy season. Well, no, this wait. is this is where everyone has hope, and then three weeks from now, everybody is like, "I hate fantasy football. I quit." <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we're going to try and avoid that. We're going to make people try and feel good about fantasy. Want to stick with it for at least four weeks. Okay. All right. Well, I'll start with number one. The guy everybody is starting, but you shouldn't. Uh, I got two guys, and they're both own or they're both starting in about seventy percent of CBS leagues. It's Derrick Henry with the Titans, Marlon Mack with the Colts. I think the Indianapolis run game is going to be a lot different now with uh, without Andrew Luck there. I think defenses crowd the line. I don't think Marlon Mack is a great talent to begin with, so I'm nervous to start him against the Chargers defense that I'm expecting to be very good this year. And I'm also expecting that Browns defensive front to be good. We know the Titans are going to play without Taylor Lewan at left tackle. That's a big deal. Derrick Henry, this is going to be its first action since last season. I, I think that the game script is going to get away from Derrick Henry. He's not going to get a lot of catches. He's not going to get a ton of yards, and I think he's a long shot to score. I would look at a different direction at running back than those two. All right, the opposite of this. I can't start that guy. There's no way I can start him, but I should. You know, I, I think a lot of people drafted Sterling Shepard to be a bench receiver. Uh, I, I certainly touted him as such, but Weeks one through four, there's no Golden Tate in that offense for the Giants, and I think that's going to lead to an uptick in targets. And the Dallas defense is good. I think the Dallas offense is going to be good, too. The Giants are probably going to have to play from behind. And even with Eli Manning at quarterback, I see a lot of targets going Sterling Shepard's way. I think he could end up being a, a usable starter, certainly in PPR, but also in non-PPR. And right now, only about a quarter of the CBS Sports audience is using Sterling Shepard. Wow. The unthinkable. I mean, a defense you would never think of playing, but you should week one. 
Okay, so I'm not going to say the Eagles, and I'm not going to say the Seahawks. Those are both two DSTs that you can maybe still find on your waiver wire and use right away. How about, let's go with the first game of the year. And obviously, I'm not going to say the Bears. Everybody's going to start the Bears. But the other side of the ball, the Packers DST, going over against Trubisky. Uh, I'm not sold on Trubisky being a complete talent at quarterback mm-hmm. yet. And I think he could turn the ball over a couple of times. And I think the Packers' defense, they added some really nice pieces this offseason. And we're going to see them put it all together. I don't think there's any significant injuries that are going to hold them back from keeping the starting unit. They're going to play a lot of zone defense. I can tell you that. They're going to try and keep the Bears in front of them. I think they can be okay this week. So if you're streaming defenses or if you're worried about the Texans, you know, their defense has changed a lot. Maybe you're worried about the Jaguars. I would start the Packers over the Jaguars because the Chiefs are coming to town. They're going to put up a lot of points. Green Bay is going to be interesting this year, and I think they'll get to Trubisky a couple of times. The guy that everybody in your league is going to want off waivers after week one. Okay, so a long time ago in a place far, far away, I found out about Alfred Morris being the guy in Washington, and I ran with it, told everybody, and everybody drafted him. And sure enough, he was it was his rookie year, and he was fantastic. And every year since then, I've tried to find that guy who you can draft late and beat the waiver wire with in week one. So someone that can get off to a good start in week one, maybe you can even start him in week one and uh, as a flex or something like that. And And I've got – Look, I've got like four guys that fit the bill, but the one at the top of the list, and I know you know this from seeing me on Twitter, is Darren Waller, the tight end with the Oakland Raiders. I just love the size-speed combo. He's going to start. He's going to see a lot of playing time. I think he could be very, very good this year. And right in your own backyard, TJ Hawkinson, another guy who's almost in the same boat. He's just not quite as fast as Waller, but a big dude. I'm sure the Lions see a little bit of Rob Gronkowski in him, and they're going to want to let him go. I think Damian Willis, this is a guy no one's heard of, this is going to be a starting receiver for the Bengals. He's yeah. six foot two. He's pretty fast, and he's good at making contested catches. So if you're somehow, some way stuck at wide receiver, you could go with Damon Willis, or you can just stash him on your bench. And I got to give you a running back because that's, that, that's really what people are, are going to do. They're going to go off of waivers and find a running back that they've got to have. Dari Ogumbawale in Tampa Bay might be their best guy. He, he's certainly versatile enough to play three downs. He might be their best running back overall. And the two in front of him stink. Ronald Jones stinks. When are people going to look at this? I agree. I agree. And the funny thing is, is I loved Ronald Jones coming out of USC. And then you watched him last year, and it looked like he was scared to play football. This year, it's not as bad. But I just, I don't think he's he's that good. And I think the coaching staff is going to lose trust in him. All right, I want to I want to skip ahead to a couple of these. I know you're big on Damian Williams. I listen to PFFT on a daily basis. Where are you at after McCoy, after Reed going back and forth? It's a committee. It's not. Talk to me about after week one what that KC backfield looks like. Well, I think what you're going to see is Damian Williams still be the lead back there. I don't think he's done anything wrong to lose that job. Just now the leash is going to be a little bit shorter on him because Andy Reed has a running back that he really trusts in LaShawn McCoy. And, you know, the NFL is all about relationships. And it's not just coaches with other coaches. It's coaches with players, too. And I think as soon as LaShawn McCoy became available, both Andy Reid and the GM of the Chiefs, Brett Veach, who helped recruit LaShawn McCoy into the NFL. I don't know if recruit's the right word, but you get my drift. Uh, I think they had to have him. And so they spent up to get him. I don't really care what they paid to get him. I don't think that matters. But I do think he could get around – 10 to 12 touches per game, and that obviously hurts the upside of Damian Williams. But in a game like this against Jacksonville, where the Chiefs are probably going to have a hard time grinding yards out on the ground, 
you're going to see Damian Williams play a big role in the passing game, and that's going to be every week. So I'm kind of optimistic about Williams this week. I think he's going to be okay. But in time, if he if he struggles, you're going to see a little bit more of LeSean McCoy. The only question is, is LeSean McCoy any good anymore? The last two years, he hasn't been. Player you don't really like, you don't really want, but his surroundings are so good, you can live with him on your team. Okay, so there were two receivers this offseason that I at first did not want. One was Tyler Lockett, and the other was Adam Thielen. And the more I studied Lockett, the more I thought of how the Chiefs used Tyreek Hill, and I wonder, hmm, I wonder if the Seahawks could do the same thing, because you see some similarities. Russell Wilson's a good deep ball thrower. He's a great quarterback in general. Tyler Lockett is uncoverable as far as speed goes, and he's a great route runner. He's going to line up more. He's going to see more targets. It all made sense to me, and I moved him up in my rankings as soon as it did make sense to me. Luckily, it was before people started drafting, so I could recommend Tyler Lockett as a good number two fantasy wide receiver. Thielen, I'm still a little bit concerned about the touches and targets. I just don't know if he's going to get as many as he had last year because he played in the slot a lot last year. And I, I think the Vikings are going to lean toward using Chad Beebe a little bit more there. And they want to run the football a little bit more. Come hell or high water, Mike Zimmer wants to try and control the ground game. Well, didn't it, did, Dave, didn't, it, usually are. didn't it all change, too, once Filippo was out and Stefanski came in, that Thielen went from being, like, top three to, like, outside of the top 20 in targets? Yeah, yes, it's absolutely true. I mean, Stefan Diggs had better games than him. Not that that was such a rarity, but really it was just – I think they went too far the other way, and now they're going to try and be just a little bit more balanced coming into this season. Here's the thing. Thielen is an excellent receiver. He's very, very good. He, I mean, as, as far as, like, route running goes and hands goes, just he, he's so good at his craft. But if the targets aren't going to be there, it makes me a little bit nervous. So I get caught up in that game a little bit as far as talent versus opportunities. Bottom line is this. I think Minnesota is going to be in their fair share of games where Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw. I don't know if that's a great thing for them or not, but I think it's going to be good for Thielen. So I'm okay taking him. If you took him already in round three, he's probably going to be your number two receiver. And I think you start him against Atlanta. It's, it's going to be a pretty good matchup for him. Give me the headline that will lead fantasy football today, your podcast on CBS after week one. How big of a mistake was it to draft Todd Gurley? Oh Jesus! How about how about that for a headline? I'm not I'm not touching him. I'm scared. His yeah, knee's good until it's not. I think load management's going to be the word of the day there. I just I can't do it. Yeah, you you really summed up my off season's worth of work on Todd Gurley in one sentence, <laughs> and that impressed the hell out of me. But I talked to as many people as I could about it. Uh, no one was able to give me uh, a picture of optimism that I was comfortable with. And uh, I, I wish I had the stuff in front of me. You know, I, I, if we had the time, I, I can tell you this. In games where Todd Gurley gets below 20 touches, his success rate is below 50%. He needs a lot more work, and he needs to score every single week. His offensive line isn't as good as it was last year. I think the Rams are going to be really sensitive about how many touches they give him. And I'm worried about what happens the first time a defender goes low on him. And this Panthers defense in week one is going to be pretty good. I mean, they got Luke Keekley in the middle. They had to Gerald McCoy. They are not going to make it easy on no. Todd Gurley. No. All right, I've got the rapid fire. I list These are direct questions from our Instagram, at Valeni Podcast, for you. Are you prepared in a rapid fire format? Absolutely. All right, first one, directly. Why does Dave hate Darius Geis? He has him as a flex <laughs> instead of an RB2. Go. Because that that offense in Washington is going to stink. Case Keenum is their quarterback. That's brutal. Their offensive line is brutal. And he's going to share with both Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson. My tune would have totally changed if they had gotten rid of Adrian Peterson. 
They didn't. I think Darius Geis will be okay. What's What's Dave's overall outlook on Philip Lindsay this year? You know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic because I just think Royce Freeman isn't any good, and the Broncos will realize that soon enough, and they'll give him a decent amount of work more than they will at the beginning of the season. I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year, but a thousand total yards and six touchdowns are on the table. How worried are you about Matt Breida crashing Tevin Goldman, Coleman's party? I I really think that it's going to be a tandem situation, but I'm going to stick with what I've been saying since the 49ers signed Tevin Coleman, Mike, and it's that he is best suited to play any down and distance. He's physical enough to work at the goal line. He's he's their best running back right now. And I I think Breed is good, but I also know he can get beat up pretty easily. And it's hard to trust him to be that best back in San Francisco. I think Coleman can do it, and I think he can have a career year. Got to start one, Miles Sanders or Jordan Howard, week one? If you've got to start one, I I think Jordan Howard is probably the safer guy to go with. I know, it's gross, but I I think I could see the Eagles. What's the scenario where you see the Eagles say, all right, let's just, Let's just let Miles Sanders run wild. He'd, he'd have to have a hot hand early on in the game. This is going to be a blowout for the Eagles. I went back. I'm so glad you asked me this. You're the first person I'm telling this at you. Last year, Philadelphia had three blowout wins. You know how many rushing touchdowns they scored in those three games? Uh, one. Oh, my God. One. One in three games. One in three games. You know how many 100-yard rushers they had in those games? A zero. Yeah. So I, this is a team that's built around Carson Wentz. All right. There'll be some clock killing from those guys. That'll be about it. Last one, because I know you're under the gun here. Does Dave also think the only way to draft is an auction, or is he not a lunatic like Mike? <laughs> I am an auction snob. Me too. I love him. I, I think that's the most fair way to go, and I love, I love being able to build a team via auction that I can't get via draft. So getting like one of those stud running backs and a stud receiver, Getting those guys on my team, man. And you're I, I addicted to high-end tight ends. Uh, we all know it. You you must yeah. have your elite tight end. You can't do that when you're drafting in a snake draft. Well, you could. It just depends on how big of a reach you're willing to make. Like, I was willing to take George Kittle in round two. Listen. I was willing to take Travis Kelsey in late round one. Dave, you know this. The adults in the room auction. I mean, come on. Now tell yes. people where they can hear you. But the majority of fantasy drafters still do the snake thing, so we got to cover both. I'm going to convert them one by one. Uh, tell people where they can hear you, where to get the pod. Okay, so if you're downloading this podcast, the one you're listening to right now, you can also download the Fantasy Football Today podcast. CBS Sports makes one. We do it every day. Fantasy football for an hour every damn day. Plus, like um, – emergency podcast when there's breaking news because mm-hmm. all we really care about is helping people win their league. We answer emails. We do all kinds of fun games. It's a great, it's a great fun yet serious podcast on fantasy football. And a lot of people listen and a lot of people tell us that we help them win their leagues and we love doing it. And it's free. Just download the fantasy football today podcast. I listen every day. He's not lying. I was smoking ribs this weekend and boom, there's a LaShawn McCoy emergency pod. I, I yeah, listen, if you're sick like me, it works. Dave, you're the best we will talk to you every week during football season appreciate you doing it with us be good mike talk soon all right thanks for listening as always and most importantly subscribe to cash the ticket this is only part of the puzzle here subscribe to it radio.com and itunes get all your football picks football conversation especially with week one of the podcast excuse me of the nfl coming up guys it's free it's there it's content go get it rate review and by the way kudos to you guys you kick ass because 
5.0 on cash to ticket. 5.0 on always aggravated. That's important in this podcast game. That's what I'm told. So thank you for that. And we'll talk to you next week.